out and I've been looking for it. Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Podcast. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie. With me is our podcast manager, one of our co-producers here um, with me, um, Dante Nelson. Welcome to the show, Dante. Thanks for having me. I mean, why do I say welcome? You are part of the whole the, the whole um, cooperation. No, you, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're one of the person you produce and do some editing and so on and so forth and help to produce and manage the show. But this is a very important podcast because there's lots been going on. The whole issue has been going on. There's lots. There's a lot of discussions about around the issue of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism. Um, in fact, yesterday I was on the radio, they were talking about anti-Semitism and how people are confusing it. And then uh, if you go on social media, people are trying to define or redefine anti-Semitism. People don't know what is semi- what is it to be a Semite. There are those who say, oh, if you are an Arab, you are a Semite. It's a term that existed in the 18, back in the 1800s. Who is a, sem- sem- um, a Semite? And what does it mean to speak against a Semite? Okay. Um, and then, of course, but I, I, I have to get into because recently Elon Musk tweeted something. Elon Musk tweeted something, and there's a backlash. Apparently, they said, oh, I mean, he was, he, he, or he commented or retweeted a post that was that had anti-Semitic um, trappings all over it. But I mean, but there are people who don't even know. I mean, there are people who said, are Jews? Jews are se- Semites as just as um, Arabs. But I have to get to the, and I just wrote and I just actually tweeted an article about this. So, but what were you going to say? Because this is a lot. I'm going on and on and on. But we have to get into this issue of Semitism. Just so you know, because I tweeted earlier, and I have to get to that tweet. If I could find it, I'm gonna get to that tweet. There's there's lots happening in the news. There's lots that's there's a lot that I want to talk about today. So after when after I heard this whole issue of peop, um, anti-Semit, the rise of anti-Semitism all over the U.S. Okay, all over the world, especially with I tell people with the access of for social. I mean, in terms of social media and so on. And I said to people, Cornell University, some of the students who are at Georgetown University, who is marching against anti-Semitism. Yes, fighting against, sorry, fighting, uh, calling for ceasefire now. I, I said something to the effect that, very good, Georgetown, my, my, my students at Georgetown, my peers at Georgetown, who were demonstrating um, against the war and the whole um, the bombing of the Gaza, they were calling for ceasefire. And I said, 
people and I and I posted and I tweeted something to the effect saying that was great. That was it's good to see Catholic students. Uh, it's not just idly sitting by having lunches. And that and I meant that. Okay, since since the, the crusades, the church has not taken an active seat in brokering peace between the Arabs and the Jews. We've been on the sidelines. We've been on the sidelines. Okay, and then I, I, of course, and we. But anyways, that is not what I want to get at today. Because remember, some time ago, I posted, we wrote an article, which had about twenty six thousand views. I mean, and we tweeted it on on Twitter, and it generated twenty six thousand post impressions. And we and um and we also did a an art uh, a podcast and a, a YouTube video kind of a short show production a narration. Um, we read the poem with it, so it's called. A true story in prose and I asked the question is this anti-semitic is this anti-semitic this the, the thing that the, the um the podcast that we did about a true story in prose is that anti-semitic a true story in prose an eye for an eye Hamas's revenge and Israel's defiance and the neoliberal round I said is that anti-semitic I tweeted that asking because with what's going on, people calling out, out people for being anti-Semitic. I asked the question, is this particular production that we did, is it anti-Semitic? And of course, you know the story. We were, called, we were referring to the, to the Jews' occupation of Israel as being, as being a theft. But of course, the Jews can claim some... The Jews can also claim from uh, 1000 AD of being... Israel was a nation way back, and they are only coming back to reclaim their land. There's, there's fighting against. So, so, there's a, so I talk about the complex and unresolved history of what's going on in the Gaza and the Middle East, and so on and so forth. But I talk about the issue of 1947 and how Israel became a nation again. And since that, and since Israel became a nation again in 1947, all of a sudden, that's what breeds terrorism. That is a fact, and that is a truth. Now, is that anti-Semitism? Is that a anti-Semitic statement? Because I said since 1947, it is true that since 1947, Israel became a nation again. And so I did a true story in prose about um, um, you, um, and it was I think it was a beautiful story. You narrated that as well, talking about a foreigner thief, referring to, um, in some senses, referring to to the, the occupation of of the people who occupied. I don't want to use the name because I might be branded anti-Semitic. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to say that Israel, when Israel became a nation in 1947, it was through theft. I, you know, I, but that's true. That's what many people. Okay, the people who were living there said Barack Obama said that in a in a speech. The president of this country. So okay, <laughs> so that this is it is a fact. And since then, they have been they have been fighting. That the country have been the countries have been fighting and i said that israel have been backed by their powerful country because it's not just israel acting on their own why israel became a nation again in 1947 and the and, and the relationship that is shared it's a very complex issue and so when we talk about it, i talk about it in a very unbiased way i am unbiased about the issue there have been wars between this conflict between the two countries started as well it's been going on before 1947 but it resurrected in 1947 when israel occupied um uh, that um, the middle east and became a nation again okay displacing thousands hundreds of thousands of people through wars and and killing hundreds of people in a sense in a sense they committed a kind of genocide a kind of dependence out of these people that's not anti-semitic that's what has happened but you cannot reveal the truth you cannot talk about that 
when I listen to the news, ABC and all the mainstream media just now, it's as if you cannot talk about that. That is the truth. And so, okay, that, and I, and you know, and I wrote it, I, I tweeted earlier, I said, I asked the question, what's that conflict here? What is that conflict here? What is that conflict here? It is one thing to be American and have freedom of speech and freedom of expression, which means you get to criticize and provide negative opinions about anything or anyone, irrespective of how sanctimonious others may perceive a thing. You understand that point? That's a powerful point. Let me say that again. What's that conflict here? It is one thing to be American and have freedom of speech and freedom of expression, which means you get to criticize and provide negative opinions about anything or anyone, irrespective of how sanctimonious or pure others may perceive a thing. So if you're Mr. Donald Trump, you get to talk, you get to, you can, you get to call, you can call, you can call people in the names you choose. Okay. I mean, okay. Then there is anti-Semitism, which is tantamount to hate speech. But critiquing is not hate. If I crit critiquing somebody, if I being white criticize somebody who is black, that is not racism. If I am a non-Jew, criticize somebody who is a Jew. That is not anti-Semitism. But critiquing, okay, critiquing is not hate. Yet we seem to be confusing the two. Then there is hate. There, let's talk about hate. Then there is hate. Which is a free emotion that all human beings have. But when put into words, is a crime. Yet, speech is free. Let me, let me say, let me say this again. Then there is hate, which is a free, free emotion. But when put into words, is a crime. Yet, speech is free. Speech in this country is free. Freedom of expression. However, it is the acting out. It is the acting out of that hate into violence that is not acceptable. Let me say this again. It, however, it is the acting out of that hate into violence that is not acceptable. That I write about issues of human ethics and value. That's what liberalism is about, liberal studies about. That's what I promote. What is the ultimate of all things? The ultimate of all things is that we can live together as one with all of our, of our individuality. But that doesn't mean that I won't criticize you and you can't criticize me. I will have an opinion. That's great. That's the, that's the American thing. That we all have an opinion about anything, anyone. Okay. And so we, that is important. But it is the acting out of that hate. But what is the highest... What, what, of course, and I talk about liberalism, what is the higher order, higher order principle? Let's talk about issues of ethics and moral value. What is the highest ethical principle? The right to life. 
okay? And we have a moral responsibility to protect life. Say for, okay, we talk about the Tory Ten Boone, Tory Ten Boone um, in, in World War One or World War Two when they were um, trying to find um, Jews in, 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 um, in, in, um, in um, what is it, in Germany. And they and what would happen? The the, the the Germans, some of the Germans would hide Jews, and they came and they hid Tory Ten Boone, some Germans, and when they and they when Hitler soldiers, Nazi German, Nazi the Nazi soldiers were look was looking for Tory Ten Boone, they went to the house to the German and say, where do you have any Jews? They said no. That's a lie. It is a sin to lie. Yes. But when lying protects life, then yes. Nothing is wrong. That is, you have a moral responsibility to lie. If you have to lie to preserve a life, then then you have to do that. It, although lying is a sin, although you thou shalt not lie, but you know what trumps that? Situational ethics. When, okay, when you are in a situ, particular situation where you have to lie in order to preserve one of the, and protect one of the highest ethics, then you're going to have to lie. Okay. That okay. Why am I saying all about the higher order? I I'm talking about this the issue of freedom of speech. But I said it is free, but it is the acting out of that into violence not acceptable. We can't act. We can't put our hatred into violence by killing people because we, though because of course that is that is the violation of the ultimate and the highest ethical principle. This is the right to life. But hating, hating someone and, and criticizing people and talking about that does not, okay? But if you incite someone, push people towards killing, if you talk, if you speak in destructive ways, and if you incite violence as a leader, that's a different issue. If you incite killing, but if you say, I hate, I think it is wrong. I think what those people are saying, I don't believe in Israel. I don't believe that they're in I don't believe that is uh, that is not anti-semitism some people say okay the racism never existed black people people have people are free to say that but we know the truth that it existed but of course, people are, we talk about the issue of pragmatic truth, which is American. We talk about when you study philosophy, we talk about what is American truth. Pragmatic truth. We talk about Donald Trump. Or the, or, sorry, I keep referring to him. Let's not talk about him anymore. But we talk about truth. American truth. Because, you know, you talk about the coherence theory of truth, the correspondence theory of truth. Talk about the pragmatic truth. Talk about what is American here. And how this, or some, or some laws and some principles and how we define them. How we define them. poses conflict or pose conflict for our American principle, our American constitutional right in our people cannot be prevented from hating and promoting their hate. That's American. <laughs> people cannot be prevented from hating and promoting. That's American. To speak one's mind, which is what makes us exceptional, I guess. Yet, yet, let me say that again. That's American. To speak one's mind, which is what makes us exceptional. And against God. It is a crime. 
and it violates highest order ethics. If, if we were to act on our hatred in any violent and destructive ways, now that is a sin. Now that is the highest or the highest principle that I mean that violates the highest principle. Now that is what we get. We sh we, we should get riled up about. That is what is criminal and un-American. Yes. <laughs> no, but we have to put this in. We have to. It's as if you have to put these things into perspective. Everything to come. Let's bring it to our understanding. And the understanding. Well, the understanding is working to fix. Fix that problem and, and come to a resolution. So. I want us to play. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to play that that true story in prose. We got to play that true story in prose. In fact, that true, the true story in, I refer to the, remember the true story in prose that we narrated some time ago? It's available. I'm actually going to play it again. I'm going to insert it into this podcast um, I, right now so that you guys can have a listen, listen to it. It's better if you actually, some portions of it was, was not um, included in the audio. So probably I may have to read it again actually i may have to but that when the, the the um the, the actual episode which is a true story in prose there's a po portion of it was not for some reason it was edited out and no matter how we tried to put it in for some reason whoever owns clip jump finds a way to remove certain aspects of the um of the recording the true story in prose recording i don't know why this is the nearly Wrong podcast we'll be right back after this True story in prose to ponder. A man has two houses on a large parcel of land. He divided it into two. One is dilapidated, while the other is a, is a beautiful income-generating edifice on better land. One day, another man from a powerful country known as the Foreigner Thief, aided by his influential friends, forcefully stole and evicted the man from the superior part of the land. For years, he tried to reason with the Foreigner Thief, who had stolen his home and land, making it his family abode and source of profit the thief refused to return the home. The man attempted to involve other governments, but they declined. The man and his children suffered for years occupying only the less fertile and deteriorated portion of his land. 
watching the foreigner thief and his family prosper in what was once his beautiful edifice. He and later his children made feeble attempts to reclaim the house and land. But the thief, with the support of his influential friends, proved too powerful. After several unsuccessful efforts, the powerful friends and the thief reached a settlement to alleviate the suffering of the man and his family and to prevent further attempts to regain their home. The agreement allowed the man and his sons to visit the part of his own land that was stolen. Excess aids and loans with high interest rates to repair and improve the part of the land that he currently, uh, currently occupies. Granted them a title for their portion of the land and established dividing lines between the stolen side of the land that the foreigner thief now occupies versus the man and his son's side while offering additional protection to the foreigner thief for the theft, further entrenching the foreigner thief's theft. The man was disheartened, but vowed that one day he would reclaim his house and land. He spent years planning and strategizing, planning and strategizing, until his son formed alliances and gained the strength to attempt the recapture. And fuck, the man grew increasingly agitated because the thief had recently allowed his children to seize more land. The foreigner thief appropriated more land from the man's dilapidated property and distributed to his own. I'm laughing because of, this is, no, this is ridiculous that they did that. No, it's true. But the way how you read it, no, no, I am laughing because of, no, of what happened. This is really what happened. So I'm like, I cannot believe this happened. They took more land and took more land. <laughs> so I'm like, this yes. is like crazy. So. Sorry, I Ari, mean, go ahead, go ahead. I apologize. No, it's like, it, it's crazy. But go ahead. No, just to hear, they took, uh, they took a red and one, and now recently they're taking more. I'm like, it's just crazy. <laughs> yes, it is. Sorry, it's... I mean, you can go back. <laughs> go back. <laughs> go back. Um, go back. Oh, uh, you're at the um, in fact. No, but, yes, a <laughs> distributor. I go back to in fact. <laughs> in fact, the man grew increasingly agitated 
because the thief had recently allowed his children to seize more land. The foreigner thief appropriated more land from the man's dilapidated property and distributed to his sons, who eagerly accepted it. The man could take it no longer. No longer. And he... all of whom they believed were guilty of theft and shielded their wrongdoing. The end is just the beginning. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Nilibur Around Podcast. There is another short episode that we are working on. Uh, it is entitled, What Decisions Should Social Media Companies Allow Artificial Intelligence Technology to Make? What decisions should social media companies allow artificial intelligence technology to make? I have, a, I have also blogged about this. Um, it is in the neoliberal blogs at renaldocmckenzie.blogspot.com. You can go to the, to the neoliberal.com and then you can over over to one of the menu icons to um, the neoliberal blogs and it should take you straight to that short blog that I did. We will actually have a quick discussion about it tomorrow or later on in the weekend talking about what decisions should social media companies allow artificial intelligence to make and i also posted something about it on facebook facebook it is inspired by a situation but one of our staff is here at the neoliberal round and neoliberal corporation um he's having a problem with his instagram account and um and it's quite interesting what um the information but we will talk we won't we we won't reveal too much right now because we will talk about it later on um what decisions that um, social media companies allow technology to make, um, especially when we have um, in the climate of hacking. We, um, this is the Nilibor Podcast, brought to you by the Nilibor Corporation by Ronaldo McKenzie. Um, we're available at the Nilibor.com. I mean, visit us at the Nilibor.com and RonaldoCMcKenzie.com. We are also available at Ant Business Solutions, which is our web creation um, website and our business partners at Ant Business Solutions. Now, you can subscribe to this show by going to anchor.fm slash the neoliberal. We're available on all platform streams, um, our podcast, sorry, or streaming services, and also YouTube. 
this show is not available on youtube but we will do a video of this over the weekend so we will have it available in video as well later on please note that my new book neoliberal globalization reconsidered neo-capitalism and the death of nations will be out soon we are editing it feverishly there has been the, the issue is the issue we are trying to ensure that it is extremely academic erudite free of any typographical or grammatical issues we um, i have reconstructed the book just a bit but it we are working on it and it promises to be quite powerful a novel book not a regular academic book um it's not just for the academic it's just it's for also a general read it's done in a language that is interdisciplinary and dynamic and 21st century so you will fully appreciate it um, um the second edition of neoliberalism which my first book is available at barnes and noble and amazon and we're trying to fix our e-services platform here at the neoliberal so that you can access the um our platforms and purchase some of our our essays our um and subscribe and donate easily and purchase our books we will have it available here at the neoliberal as well this is the neoliberal round brought to you by the neoliberal corporation we're always serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges by making popular what was the monopoly please support us and donate by going to anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support what good <laughs>